the criminal justice system failed us. So we are going to, we are pursuing with a civil litigation. And, and re- that really is, um, I feel there's a, a moral duty here. I need to send a message that brutality from anyone with use of force authority will not be tolerated and further that indifference kills. That is the voice of Denise Warner Smith, who said on this show Wednesday that her family is going to be moving forward with civil action against the University Health Network and five security guards involved in the 2020 hospital death of her sister, Stephanie. And Stephanie was a 43-year-old mom to five kids who died suddenly while in the care of two security guards who ended up getting into a dispute over uh, the mask Stephanie was wearing, which was under her chin. This suit, now we have a dollar amount, is $16 million. And the reason the family had to go this route is because the judge dealing with the criminal side of this case abruptly tossed it out, deciding back in November that there wasn't enough evidence in the case, despite the fact that there was video showing the guards and Stephanie together, the initial confrontation, witnesses who said they saw the alleged confrontation, and one of the guards admitted to lying that Stephanie had assaulted them. I want to bring in Asha James to this conversation, a partner at Falconers, someone who is involved in this case. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me this morning. Stephanie's family um, had to turn to you because they feel failed by the system. And I've been following this case. And when I read that it had been tossed out, I I was stunned um, that it went this way because the Crown didn't even bother to appeal. But I I don't know how there wasn't enough evidence. So why was it thrown out? I mean, the the decision is lengthy. um, And what what I take from the the criminal um, uh, judgment and and the appeal of that, the, the judge's decision was um, what he said was that they really, they didn't know that what they were doing could lead to death, you know? Um, and I think that's disappointing, kind of given the role that they have and, and uh, as security guards and, and authorized to use force. I think it's pretty common knowledge that um, applying pressure to somebody's back um, can result in, in cardiac arrest. I mean, it, we've been knowing that for a number of years. And so, I, you know, that's what I would expect um, that these security guards would have been trained on. Yeah, but if the judge comes to that decision on his own, I mean, why not put that to a jury? It's like you've got the video. It doesn't tell the whole story, but certainly the witness, um, you know, witnesses who say they saw this could fill in the blanks of when that camera turned away. Um, and also the fact that, that the guards apparently made the, didn't, didn't, weren't, weren't truthful in saying that Stephanie had, had assaulted them. So I'm looking at it saying, okay, well, I'm not sure that's for the judge unless it's a judge alone. It became a judge alone trial, but why why they wouldn't put that in front of a um, a jury? And it doesn't necessarily, and correct me where I'm wrong, that the Crown was all that hungry to get this in front of a, 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 a jury. Yeah, you know, honestly, I, I can't speak for the Crown um, and, and uh, you know, how they saw the case and, and what they wanted to do. I, I can say that, you know, obviously the family is, really disappointed um, with the decision. And, and, you know, we thought that the evidence was there. And as I said, you know, we've been knowing this for years. We go back to the case of, uh, of Patrick Shand in the, in the grocery store. We, we have inquests on this, right? This is stuff that we've known for a number of years that holding people in prone position with weight to their back ha- can have really uh, catastrophic results. And so uh, if that's not what they're trained, you know, that's problematic. 
So in, in the suit, it alleges that the 43-year-old's death uh, was the direct result of the actions of the guards that day. Um, also, uh, you know, I think we learned that the hospital failed to contact the family. 11 days, 11 days. So this woman uh, ended up never regaining consciousness, but 11 days after the incident, they're still totally in the dark about what happened um, before her death. Yeah, and, uh, you know, that obviously... Um, for Denise, who uh, was very close with Stephanie. Uh, I think that's, that's probably one of the, the most hurtful um, parts of everything is, is to know that your, your sister was there alone, right? With, with no access to family, nobody to advocate for her care, nobody to just sit with her, um, you know, and offer her peace and comfort, like just nothing, all on her own. Now, does that mean her five children would have also been in the dark? Yeah, no, nobody in the family was aware um, that she had that this had happened, that she had been in ICU, that she was she was unconscious and unresponsive. Um, nobody was aware. That that is stunning, um, stunning. Uh, you know, in so many, I'm just I hadn't heard that, and so I think it takes it to a different level. Uh, certainly, why the family is so determined to get justice, to be locked out of those kinds of moments uh, in decision making, um, it, it's completely completely unacceptable. Yeah, I, I just, as a family, I can't imagine um, the type of pain, especially when you have close relationships, right? And, and so to not know that, that this has happened um, and that this is where your sister is. And in a circumstance where, you know, uh, uh, Stephanie had been in the hospital before, they knew who her family was. They, you know, they had contacted them previously. Um, and so I think that's, that's the most, well, I shouldn't say the most, but but one of the most painful things um, for the family in, in all of this. Yeah, and this woman, I mean, would have had, she had mental health issues. The hospital, I think, would have known that. But the suit, you know, alleges that the use of force was excessive, unreasonable, uh, not justifiable. But, you know, they didn't have, as I understand, even the right to confine her, did they? Uh, no, from what you know, what's come out in the, the criminal, and I think that's a real question, right? Um, there was, there's, she wasn't there under a, any kind of form. She was free to leave the hospital. We're all free to to refuse medical uh, care. She didn't even do that. You know, she was down there trying to get a sandwich. She was hungry, um, and so uh, you know, fine for the security guards to ask her questions, um, but from our perspective, they just they had no right to. Uh, to even engage with her in any kind of physical way. The criminal side and the civil side, of course, are very, very different. And some will use the civil side because they'll say there's a lower uh, threshold that you have to meet. Um, whether or not that's why the family has turned to this. I, I get this distinct impression that they, they're determined to get justice in some way or another. That's why they have to turn to the civil courts. What's the most challenging part of, of this case uh, for you? Uh, well, I think first I'd say that the family was had always considered and was going to go the route of a civil route, regardless of what happened in the in the criminal proceeding. It was never going to be one or the other. Um, and you know, obviously, the hardest parts of of these cases is that nothing you do doesn't matter what happens at the end of the case is ever going to bring the family members back, right? And that's really what they want. Um, and so that's that's not something we can offer. And and so that you know, obviously is. It's difficult. Um, it's difficult for clients. It's difficult for families. Um, and uh, no amount of money is ever going to replace the loss that they 
that, that they've suffered um, and the loss of the relationship with Stephanie. And so uh, I think that's the, the most difficult part, right, is dealing with that actuality, that reality, and still understanding that, you know, we're, we're in a legal proceeding that's, that's bound by, by laws and precedents and, and things of that nature. Yeah, no, no question about it. I, I say this is a case to watch and no question. Uh, you guys are on it, so it will be now. I very much appreciate your time on this, Asha. Thanks very much, Alex. That's Asha James, who is with Falconer, uh, the lawyer, lawyer's office that has now been brought into this case. And if you ever want a lawyer on your case, I think a guy like Julian Falconer, uh, they're, they're one of the top firms. So, you know, involved in some very, very big cases. So it will get heard and, and now it will get attention. I mean, you imagine those final days, not being able to see your loved one, but not even being told that your loved one, to me, it's, that's completely unacceptable. It's horrifying, in fact. And don't forget, this was at the height of COVID, the chaos of COVID. And I'm sure it'll all be blamed on that, but it shouldn't be because it's, uh, I think this case is a travesty.